The XFL has begun, but can it fill the void of the NFL? Was the All-Star game as good as expected or was it meh? What's this talk about the Colts trading up for Bryce? Joe Mazzola is now the head coach for the Celtics. And is there anything scarier than facing Alabama basketball after a loss? Get ready for some Mardi Gras celebration on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Stroman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Christy. Hi. And you can find her on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all sports in different forms and varieties. First and foremost, at the time of this recording, it's still Mardi Gras. So happy almost, or I guess, happy Fat Tuesday. Yay! We always have breakfast for dinner on fat tuesday i love that honestly <laughs> i've been going around birmingham i've seen a lot of king cakes yes they don't look the same they're not doing justice i'm a little bitter about that but it is what it is if you are in mobile mardi gras is probably one of the biggest things that we've ever had uh, mobile is actually the home place of mardi gras don't let new orleans try and tell you differently um, but Mobile is probably, you know, one of the best places for Mardi Gras. It's great culture. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is also great, but yeah. Bourbon Street gets crowded, so don't try and yeah. go there. <laughs> yeah, I went to Bourbon Street on a Tuesday night, not even Fat Tuesday, like Tuesday in the summer, and that was enough for me. It is so <laughs> crazy crowded, so don't try and go there. Apparently, St. Louis does Mardi Gras now, which I did not know, and I probably could have gone my whole life without knowing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have to see pictures. So right now, you know, the biggest thing about Mardi Gras is that we celebrate a big carnival. You know, we celebrate, mm-hmm. we just have fun, and that's what it's all about. So be sure to do something fun or put on that green, gold, and purple <laughs> stuff and support your favorite southern port city, not named New Orleans. <laughs> But back to sports. Well, first and foremost, Christy, the first week of the XFL is in the books. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty exciting. I mean, it was just a new kind of feeling. And I know we've seen the XFL before, but it kind of didn't go the way they wanted it at first. But I feel like this debut, it didn't feel so put on or forced on us. I don't think so either, but it was also one thing that you noticed whenever Dwayne Johnson was talking, and I know it's weird because like I wanted to call him The Rock because yeah. that's how I know him. But every time he was being interviewed or being asked about it, you could see how much love, trust, care, and how genuine he was speaking about it. Yeah, it's interesting to see him have a passion in something else. I know we're all used to him in the WWE world, but I think this is good for him. And I think he can bring a lot of names to this. I think so too. I mean, I definitely think that this is really good for him and I, you know, love that for him. I definitely think that right now, if anyone can handle it, it's him. I mean, he's one Mm -hmm. of the most highly paid actors of all time. And (laughs) He also has shown how much he loves not only the sport, but he played the sport too. Right. And I think it's creating new excitement and it's giving fans a different perspective. So if you watch it on the ESPN broadcast, I mean, they would take you to the 
XFL command center and you could see them like talking through reviewing calls and there were live feeds of the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators actually like calling the plays. So that's, it's just different and it's cool to see. Oh no, absolutely. And I mean, you saw Dean Blandino's little mm-hmm. like command center, like you said, and then you can overhear some of the calls. Right. Too. I think that's a lot like what NASCAR does. I know they're kind of credited for being one of the sports that gets so close to what's actually happening. Like, you know, they can talk to drivers in the car. So it's kind of the same feel. I definitely have to agree with you on that. Now, you had mentioned, I think, in the Friday episode, how there are some different rules. And I saw that with the kickoff. Right. And I actually really like this. And my dad was actually talking to me about it. And he said that he would would not be surprised if he saw high schools following this new kickoff rule. So basically, the best way to explain this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I did not really pay too, too much attention to it. I think it's that they have the opportunity to kick, mm-hmm. but they don't have the defending team or the receiving team start defending right away or something. Right. So they're not like rushing down the field towards them. And it's really like a rule made for, you know, injury for to prevent injury. Right, because think about it, it's very common for players to have, I guess, you know, an injury when it's on kickoff. I mean, you think about how common it is to get a concussion or to tear an ACL. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind this change. I'm not sure that it's something we will ever see the NFL adopt, but it's different. It's cool. No, I definitely have to agree there. But moving on to this, I mean, right now, you know, it was a good turnout. The ratings were high. I'm disappointed, though. There are no teams from the South. See, you say that, but what is the South to you? Is it just like Alabama, Georgia, Florida? Well, I mean, most of the time, yes, but I feel like Texas is its own thing. You're not wrong, but they are in the South. So, but I will give you that I feel like it's a very niche market. I mean, you have, what, three teams in Texas? (laughs) One of my friends tweeted that earlier about how there are three teams in Texas and one team on the West Coast. Yeah, it's it's really odd. And then randomly you have the team in D.C. The D.C. Defenders (laughs) who started throwing lemons. They did. Well, I mean, they got their beer snake taken away, so I don't blame them. I mean, I would be mad about that, too. (laughs) You know, you create something and it's taken away. And for what? They weren't causing any harm. No, I mean, I've seen much worse things. I mean, think about it. Buffalo Bills fans were throwing snowballs on the field a few months ago. Yeah, I and I feel like lemons hurt even worse. So give them the beer snake back. Oh, they definitely do. I mean, but if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. (laughs) I just want to know how, where they came up with like whole lemons. Where were they getting them from? I don't know, honestly. I mean, maybe someone snuck them in. Maybe they were trying to like make a drink with them or something. Very odd. But maybe that's a question for another episode. Now, (laughs) I think the biggest thing that many people were concerned about with the XFL coming back is how will this compete with the USFL? So, you know, the USFL has been around longer. Their budget is more similar to the NFL. 
And they're kind of a league. They kind of have hybrid rules, like they're mixed between college and the NFL. So I feel like the USFL is is trying to compete with the NFL, where the XFL is just a league in its own. I definitely think that with the USFL, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, at first you looked at it as, all right, we're going to come back and we're here to, you know, try and make people go from the USFL to the NFL. When it was around in like the 80s, 90s, it was trying to compete with the NFL, with players like Jim Kelly, for example. Right. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see who kind of wins out, I guess you could say. I think they're both going to stick around, but obviously one's going to do better than the other. I think I like the XFL better just because it is more different. I like how creative they get with the rules. I feel like it's just more entertaining. No, absolutely. Especially when you can go for three points. Yes, I love that. And I mean, with this, you know, it's not meant to fill the void of the NFL. You know, I want everyone to understand that because with it, it's meant to just provide, you know, football year round, which is really nice. But it's nice to have football. Yeah. And I think it gives a window to players who either didn't succeed in the NFL or for whatever reason are not with that league anymore to still do what they love and to showcase their talent or for players who were injured and speaking of shout out to one of mobile and alabama's finest and aj mccarran i kept seeing all kinds of tiktoks of how well he did and i was just so proud like there could not be a more deserving player no absolutely i mean this is a player i was watching the game and i'm seeing aj get sacked and aj run for his life and here's the thing that people have to understand. He's a 31-year-old quarterback. Right. He has three boys. Yes. And he's taking hits and he's running around. And then in the fourth quarter, he just looks like vintage Alabama A.J. McCarron. Yeah, some of the throws. I mean, those were your typical thread-the-needle throws. I don't know how he made some of those tight throws he did. The one throw he hit to... Austin Prohl, who's the son of one of the best wide receivers of the 1990s, early 2000s, where he's on the sideline, reminded me of the throw to Kevin Norwood when Alabama played LSU in 2012. Yeah, it was just, you're right, it was a throwback, and it just kind of brought all those memories back. Absolutely. So we are very proud of you, AJ. If you are in Tuscaloosa, please go get some agent you know, his sushi restaurant. If not, that's okay. But hey, you know, we've got Alabama roots everywhere and it's very exciting there. So right now, be on the lookout. You know, the XFL can be good, but very soon, you know, it's not meant to compete because it's a shorter timeline than the NFL and I believe the USFL. Right, yeah, they're both shorter. But moving on to our next point, the NBA All-Star Game. Was it good? Um... I, I don't know, really. I mean, I've heard yes, I've heard no, but Post Malone was there. I, I like some Posty, and if you ask LeBron, he said it was the worst game ever played. Well, LeBron didn't even play that long. He hurt his <laughs> no. finger. Uh, yeah, I just can't with LeBron. I mean, so I watched it, and Giannis played one minute, and then he went out. Now, obviously, he was hurt, but I was watching it, and – 
all I could notice from it was that they were just chucking up threes. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of what, you, if you're in the all-star game, you're supposed to be the best of the best, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of players were hurt, though. I mean, Zion was hurt, Steph Curry was hurt, Kevin Durant was hurt, just to name a few. Yeah. Now, I mean, we talked about it with the Pro Bowl, about how, you know, these games don't really make any sense anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't. It's almost like they should save this until the end of the seasons and not do it, like, before in football's case before the super bowl so that the actual stars can participate and play well i think with the nba you know they've always done it in the middle just to give teams a break i mean we got to see her go back to alabama and watch yeah. the alabama georgia game and then see i think bill battle stand in front of him when they took a picture of <laughs> nick and sarah and terry yeah, so do you think it's an actual break or do you think it's a way for maybe teams and some of the best players to see who they want to try to recruit onto their team for the rest it's of the season? It's a mix of both. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I think with it, I, I am a little nervous because I don't know how much LeBron was trying to recruit Zion. I, I swear if he did, I would be so mad. <laughs> or LeBron with Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, with it, it could happen. Originally, it was meant to be, you know, we're going to recognize the best. Right. But, I mean, you know, it's just not as fun anymore because – I mean, they're changing it so much. It's used yeah. to be, you know, we're just going to have the East versus the West. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the draft. And, you know, sorry, Jaron Jackson for being the last pick. But <laughs> I don't even know if we should really have it. I mean, even if it's like, hey, you know, we can have recognition for y'all and without the game, mm -hmm. but we'll still give y'all like a week off. Yeah. Maybe work. And with the draft, it was very like, I don't know, it gave playground vibes like you have your two team captains and they're picking their friends like it's a popularity contest oh no it absolutely is i mean Giannis even picked a guy before he was even right. allowed to be picked he yeah. said i'm gonna pick john moran it's like oh yeah jaw it can't be picked right now Giannis. no he's a, he was a starter not eligible so i think with that um you know it's very interesting for sure skills challenge uh, it was meh the yeah. dunk contest Trey Murphy was robbed. They gave it to a kid who's not even in the NBA. He's in the G League. But he was slated to be the favorite for that, though. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I'm biased towards him. <laughs> you know that. Speaking of, Chrissy did make a TikTok ranking the <laughs> top logos in the NBA. And I don't think she put any Southern teams in the top ten. <laughs> I know. I was making it. I was like, man, Jake will not approve of this. I don't think, yeah, now that I think about it, there are four teams in the South. I don't think you put any of them <laughs> in the okay. top ten. My caption said, solely based on logo. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I did give you the idea, so I take <laughs> Um, But I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it, it was decent. I mean, you know, it was great seeing Post Malone there. It was great yeah. seeing 21 Savage. Great seeing the different performances. Um. But I feel like there's a lot that needs to be worked on with mm -hmm. these all-star games and all the leagues. Yeah, I wonder if maybe this will probably never happen, but what if they even do a mashup of, like, NFL, NBA stars, some kind of, I don't know, like, play each other's game? Oh, I would love to see a lot. Because a lot of 
NBA players did play basketball, did play right. football, and same with NFL players. I would love to see, you know, Travis Kelsey in the dunk contest or something. Yes, so you could even mix in some MLB players because a lot of MLB players also played football. I think that would get a lot more views. I mean, they had DK Metcalf mm-hmm. in the celebrity game, and then he got randomly drug tested. <laughs> yeah, randomly. So I feel like I'm I'm not opposed to that. I would like that idea. Now, obviously, you know, you'd want to sprinkle in some players who aren't like coming off of you know the Super Bowl or like have been like really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, having DK was a great idea, but I would have loved to see um, you know other players like Cam Jordan or like mm-hmm. really random like throwing a quarterback like. Well, that was the other thing, too. When I was at Alabama, there were a lot of Alabama players who would play in the rec league. And I think there was one time where it was Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Mac Hereford, and maybe Najee. And someone fouled out. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Jalen Waddell, which is very hard for me to believe. Yeah, but see, I would pay a lot of money to watch that. And, I mean, they destroyed the other team. But I'm thinking about this of how no either Jalen Waddle or Jerry Judy fouled out, which I still think is hilarious. Yes, it is really funny. Um, but I mean, I like that idea. Maybe yeah. we can, you know, reach out to Adam Silver and ask him. I, I don't know what I'll say because I don't have <laughs> his phone number, but it's worth a shot. We'll find our way. Absolutely. Now back to the NFL. You thought that we would not be talking about the NFL. It's that time of year where people are going to make crazy assumptions about trades, about the draft. And we're already seeing really weird stuff because first and foremost, there are rumors about the Colts trading up. I don't think this is that crazy. I'm not sure your thoughts, but it all depends on the Bears, obviously. Well, here's the thing. And a lot of this comes down to Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. A lot of places that I have seen are saying that the Bears want to move on from Justin Fields. Right. I want us to get out of that narrative that you need to give up on your quarterbacks after one or two years. And see, I've been saying that about coaches. Like, people are really quick to fire head coaches, you know, if they come away with even a winning season but don't make it to the playoffs. But you're right. Same is true for quarterbacks. Uh, but I'm, I don't know that Justin Fields will ever succeed there. I mean, it would be different because if he has the pieces, he can be good. Mm-hmm. But he's also probably the most talented quarterback the Bears have ever had. So here's what the Bears general manager said. He said, for this to happen, they would have to be absolutely blown away by one of the top quarterbacks, which, I mean, if you look at who's in the top, you have Will Levis, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. So, I mean, I feel like everyone's kind of blown away by all three of them. But I feel like right now the Bears kind of have everybody in their hands. If they just act like they have a hint that maybe they're going to trade him away, they can literally do whatever they want. That's what I have to think, too. I mean, you know, Bryce and CJ are obviously great, very talented. I know people are going to say, well, about Will Levis? Here's the thing with Will Levis. 
is that he showed flashes. You can't just show flashes to be good in the NFL. Even Brock Purdy, you know, was a consistent starter. Right. Now, I'm going to argue something, and I know you really want to see Bryce Young with the Texans, but what about Will Levis at the Texans? I think with that, it could work. I mean, it depends on what this new coaching staff does. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if I were to see any of those three quarterbacks. Now, Anthony Richardson to the Texans, that's very much a stretch. Yeah, I've seen his name floated around a lot. I'm not sure about that pick. But with this, I mean, it comes to the question, does Chicago really need a quarterback? I'm not sure that they need the quarterback, but they could use a different one and get all kinds of things from trading. Right. So I think some scenarios that I've seen is that the Colts will move up, the Panthers will move up. I heard, I saw something earlier where Justin Fields would be traded to the Panthers and then the Panthers would move up or something or they move back. Yeah. Um, I don't think, and this is, you know, very silly for me to say, but I don't think the Saints would try and trade for Justin Fields. I know a lot of people, anytime that they see a disgruntled quarterback, they'll say, oh my gosh, they're going to go here. And I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I haven't seen the Saints come up too much in conversation. I did just before we started recording, saw a story about maybe him going to the Bucks. I could see that, but I feel like some people want Jimmy G to go to the Bucks. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. So I think with it, you know, with it being the offseason, get ready for a lot of crazy narratives. Yeah. But I think with this, you know, it's very up in the air. Now, obviously, we talked about some different hirings recently, but now, you know, we have the Cardinals hiring a few different coaches <laughs> and I don't really know them too too well you know we've got Nick Rollis for DC and then Drew Petzing for OC so I like the Nick Rollis hire just because obviously he's coming from the Eagles as their linebacker coach so he's had the past two seasons with Gannon so obviously good connection there but yeah for their OC with that Drew Petting he was the Browns quarterback coach before that he was their tight end coach but not a great resume so maybe they know more about him obviously they do than we do but that one wasn't I don't know like a it was like a two-star hire for me but Jonathan Gannon's also getting a lot of backlash because they're saying how he just kind of gave up in right. the second half of the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's true. So, I mean, I guess, it, I don't know. It's all up to the general manager now. I mean, it might be, but, you know, it want to be the NFL with some questionable hires, too. Yeah. And with the Texans, you know, they bring in Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke for the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator positions. I mean... D'Amico just took them from San Francisco. Yeah, uh, that's all he did. And I feel like the Bobby Slowick hire is what makes the Will Levis pick a little stronger for me, especially because at Kentucky he played under two offensive coaches that were from that Shanahan coaching tree. 
I mean, I could see it, but also knowing D'Amico. Now, I don't know who the new general manager is. I think they had said it, and I forgot. Mm-hmm. But, oh, wait, no, it's Nick Casario. I think it is. Yep. Let me check. I think it's still Nick Casario. Um, but even with this, I still think that, yeah, it is still Nick Casario. So with Nick Casario, he is a bit of a wild card. We don't know what kind of player he's going to take, but he also will put this in D'Amico's hands, which is good. Right. So, yeah, and I I really wanted to see um, Bryce Young end up there just because of D'Amico and not only his coaching style, but just his character. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't count that out, but we also know that Bryce was under an NFL-style offense. It wasn't the best NFL-style offense, but it was still an NFL-style offense. Yeah, so... Lots to look forward to there, I think, with the Texans. Absolutely. But we will keep everyone updated on our focus with the NFL offseason and the NFL draft and all these potential things that are going to go on because we want y'all's heads to explode like ours. I'm just kidding. No, we don't. We don't want that. But moving on to our next point in regards to the NBA, the Boston Celtics have a new coach and... I mean, I'm, I'm, I like this hire. It's, I think, a pretty good hire for sure. But it's definitely a little weird because I feel like they were just in this last year. Yeah, this is all you. I know nothing about coaches from NBA. I just know that I did not rank their logo very high. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I'm sure that one of the Boston Celtics players will reach out to you or – Maybe, you know, the Boston Celtics social media team. I'm just kidding. Um, I like this hire. Joe Mazzola, nice young coach, you know, obviously has the best team in the East. They've done very well so far. But right now, I mean, you know, they are fighting through injuries. And most importantly is Jalen Brown, who, even though he played in the All-Star game, was wearing a Batman mask. Now, it's not officially a Batman mask, but it's a mask to make sure that you don't hurt your face. So, you know, we don't know when he's going to be back, but I think they can make a postseason run. However, I think right now with this coaching change, this coach, Joe Mazzola, is going to make sure he doesn't mess up because Ime Udoko basically got suspended because he was having an affair with a woman that wasn't his wife on the Boston Celtics team. Yikes. Yeah, that'll do it. So I think with this, you know, right now we got to keep our eyes on this team, but this could be a really good team. You know, they have so many all-stars, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Blake Griffin's there and he's shooting threes and he's a big man. (laughs) I don't know many big men who shoot threes. I mean, Charles Bediaco does not shoot a three. But I think with this, you know, they're a very exciting team to watch, even though Christy did not like their logo that much. For personal reasons, that is a joke. (laughs) But I think with this, you know, they can very much do well. I'm looking forward to see what happens. I'm looking forward to see what every team in the small market does and in the big market does after the all-star break. And finally, our last point. Is there anything scarier than an Alabama loss? Well, it's not so scary when they can come back and blow the next team out of the water. Exactly. It's it's amazing. It's incredible. It's all over the place because 
this team lost to Tennessee and came out and beat Georgia by 50. Yeah, and I think it just felt a little bit sweeter that it was Georgia. Oh, yeah. Um, Now, one of the things that many people don't know is that a former Alabama basketball player did transfer to Georgia. Mm, I did not know that. So he came in and he started – and a lot of fans were not happy that he was, you know, playing because he, in a sense, kind of gave up on the team after one year. Yeah, I feel like that's, you know, fans do get emotionally attached to players, so that's tricky. And speaking of players who are emotionally attached, Herb Jones was there. <laughs> you mean you're emotionally attached? I, I am very much attached to Herb Jones, and so many are so many Alabama fans too. I mean, yeah. you know, he was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, All American. He did it all, and now he's doing it all for the Pelicans. So it's great. But with this team now, they aren't the number one team anymore. They're the number two team behind Houston, but they are still the number one seed mm-hmm. in all of Alabama in all of basketball for March Madness. Which I feel like can be a blessing and a curse because how many number one seeds actually, not I guess not make it the whole way, but win the whole thing. That's true. And that's the other thing too, is that Alabama after losses is really good, mm-hmm. but you cannot lose right. in March Madness. Right. If you lose, you're going home. Right. So they, they're going to have to finish strong and stop having these losses against uh, lower-ranked teams or even unranked teams. But, I mean, having a loss is normal. Now, with this rest of the SEC schedule, they still have the lead. But behind them is Texas A&M. Texas A&M plays Tennessee. I don't want to say, oh, this is an automatic win for Tennessee because Tennessee lost to Kentucky. Kentucky isn't good this year. Words I never thought I would say. (laughs) <laughs> no, I remember we had an episode back saying, you know, Kentucky's not the basketball school anymore. No, and I mean, it's very different to see that Alabama is the basketball school because I saw on Twitter how someone said Alabama went from being a football school to a gymnastics <laughs> school to a basketball school. Uh, no, that is a lie. We're in everything school. Yeah, we're in everything school. <laughs> I mean... True Alabama fans know that going to an Alabama gymnastics meet <laughs> is probably one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. Um, but I think with this, I mean, right now, I don't think there's anything really scarier than an Alabama team after their loss. Now, you know, they heat up quickly, which is good. It didn't yeah. seem like this team was missing whatsoever. You blink and they're up by, you know, 20 points. Yeah, no, I love the mindset they have and. I wish our football team could have had that mindset this past season, but I will take it with the basketball team. But unrelated, apparently for every game Nick Saban is at, Alabama wins big at home. So I'm not saying that Nick Saban (laughs) needs to travel with them for March Madness. But. (laughs) But now, obviously, you know, Nick Saban can travel. Herb cannot because he has games. Um, But, I mean – if Nick Saban and Miss Terry can travel, I think I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think he wants to travel to support <laughs> the basketball teams. Now I know Greg Byrne will, because for some reason Greg Byrne is more excited than we are when <laughs> they win a game. Yeah, well, maybe Nick can give give them like a lucky charm or something. 
Maybe, but I feel like, and you've probably seen this too since I forced you to start watching basketball, <laughs> that Nate Oates is becoming a lot like a mini Saban. No, he really is. And I think it's really cool to have someone else like that on campus and just in the state of Alabama. It's really cool to see somebody else get that support as well. I have to agree. And speaking of, they released the Alabama football social media team released a video of them doing their offseason conditioning. I don't know if you saw that. No, I haven't seen it. They basically are playing tug of war in one of it. Okay. Um, and then there's haha Quentin Dix like standing over players, like trying to hype them up. <sighs> so I think with this, I mean, I think we're getting back to basics. I, I don't know where tug of war came from. Um, but I would not want to play tug of war with <laughs> JC Latham or Jaheem Otis because I know I would lose. Right. I think it's cool to see that. I think that it needs to be more of a mentality like you are here to do a job, but it can be fun. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Haha was yeah. also here when they started winning in 2011, 2012. Right. And he can pass on that knowledge. I know that he probably does not want to be looked at as the old man. And I know that if anyone <laughs> called him old man, he would make them run sprints. Yeah, no, well, I'm sure they'll stick to tug of war. I hope so. But I think right now, you know, we'll keep everyone updated with things that are looking up for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Right now, we still don't know who's going to be the quarterback, and no one will really know until the beginning of the year. No, and we know Saban. People ask him, and he'll tell them to quit asking. So <laughs> there was one time when I was younger where someone had tweeted at Amari Cooper and asked him if he knew who the starting quarterback was going to be. And he responded with, does it look like I'm Coach Saban? Yeah. <laughs> and Coach Saban's not going to tell you anything either. No. I mean, no one really knows. I mean, I've joked around and said, oh, yeah, it's going to be like, you know, someone random or something. And yeah. they're like, don't toy with my emotions. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> but, I mean, we can get to that later on. I mean, if you all want to submit your guesses to who you think is going to be the Alabama starting quarterback, let us know. Obviously, we have no say in it because – you know, Nick Saban and Tommy Reese are going to choose that, but get excited for that. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Once again, happy Fat Tuesday. Be sure that you're celebrating and enjoying all the excitement and the big carnival season because it's great. And remember, Mardi Gras are in Mobile, not New Orleans. Just had to put that out there. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Thank you for helping us grow so much. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at JXA Podcast, or my personal Instagram, JXO14, or my personal Twitter, at Sweet by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all sports and different forms and variety. We will be back on Friday with a new episode, but until then, continue to be the best version of you can be, go on adventures, make people happy, continue to be a light in the world. The world is definitely a very scary place and needs some light. And as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care. Bye.